Hello, this is Chase McKinney. Please be advised that the messages discussed in this podcast are of a mental health nature. While I am a counselor, I am not your counselor. This podcast should not replace professional services rendered to you by a mental health professional. If you feel you are in need of one, please seek one out. Hey, what's happening, y'all? It has been a long time. I'm ready to jump back in and let's have a fun conversation. Um, like I said, it's been a little while and uh, you've probably forgotten who I am. So I'm Chase McKinney. I'm your host. I'm happy to be back um, on this adventure with you. There's been a lot that's happened uh, and I apologize for uh, there being such a break. So for all intents and purposes, welcome to season two. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know if, if podcasts even have um, a season one, season two, season three. They have multiple seasons like TV shows do. Uh, anyway, glad to be back. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, some interesting things today. Um, at least I think they're kind of interesting. And this is uh, something that's fairly personal to me in the sense that, uh, well... This story of sorts, uh, this this content that we're going to be talking about, uh, both in the news and in um, uh, the actual reframe portion, is is pretty pretty much resonating with me in terms of what's been going on lately. Um, and I'll explain more about that once we get to it. So don't worry, um, all is well, um, nothing bad. Don't worry about it. Um, you can go get your snuggie right now and, and you know get comfortable uh, before we dive in. So, uh, so what's been going on? So it's been a little while. Um, I can't even remember um, how long it's been. Just kidding. Uh, it's been since about February, I believe, and here we are. So since we last met uh, and got to talk about stuff, I've been extremely um, swamped with school and work and just life in general. I've uh, had a very, very, very busy uh, semester at Regent. Uh, currently doing practicum, or almost done with practicum. That's what I've been doing this semester. And for those of you that don't know, practicum is an experience that you go through in a graduate or professional training program, uh, such as counseling where you're doing um, more or less hands-on training, um, an application of uh, theory and skill with real-life people. So this isn't something that's new to me. Practicum is something that I'm pretty sure every single counseling student, mental health student, will do uh, in their graduate training, their professional training. And that's what I've been doing. And the thing that's been kind of cool about this semester with the practicum that I've been doing has been related to having to implement, uh, you know, new new skills or, or working with different uh, demographics, things of that nature, and that's that's what I've been doing. Uh, typically, whenever I'm doing therapy with people, I usually come at it from what's called an Adlerian perspective, Adlerian theoretical orientation. And if you want to have a conversation, uh, you know, offline, you know, either 
on social media or something like that. We can talk about that and what that means. But um, because I, I've been doing stuff related to Adlerian in the past, I had to do something different. So I chose a different theoretical orientation that I've been wanting to learn more about. So that's why I chose something uh, called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or therapies. And uh, it seems like everyone, their grandmother loves this thing <laughs> in therapy. And uh, it's just confused me for a while for some reason. And uh, I've taken, you know, these last handful of months, three or four months that I've been doing uh, practicum to, um, you know, study it, to learn more about it and to apply it. And I'm actually, uh, thankfully, I'm, I'm back at where I was with my uh, practicum, my master's program, a place called Dallas Life. It's a homeless shelter and uh, it's been great. I've, I've been uh, given plenty of opportunity to work with clients and to apply this training, but also, uh, you know, still use use some of the stuff that I've, I've used in the past, like with Ed Lirian and Gina Grams and um, rational motive and logotherapy type of things. But um, anyway, that's not really what you, you want to hear about in terms of professional stuff. I feel like I'm jumping the gun. That's okay. Uh, the, the last few months, um, apart from, from school, I've uh, been having a lot of fun with uh, uh, photo editing, with taking pictures, with um, doing a lot of Star Trek things, dressing up as uh, Commander William Riker or Captain William Riker from um, Star Trek The Next Generation, taking lots of pictures, having fun with, fun with that um, on my cosplay Instagram page. So if you want to see how far my nerdiness can go, um, check it out, Sharp Cosplay on Instagram. Now, uh, recently, my wife and I, we uh, binged Game of Thrones, and uh, it, it was funny because I, I started watching Game of Thrones about hmm, two years ago, around this time, when we had HBO for free, and uh, I didn't realize how far I got uh, when my wife decided that she wanted to watch it most recently. She'd never seen it. She's like, you know, I really like Amelia Clark. She's got this beautiful smile and I just want to, uh, I just want to see it. And I'm, I'm curious about it. So we, I think we watched the first two seasons in a week and then we were about, you know, a season a week and, um, shout out to my friend Rachel for letting us, uh, watch it on her account. Um, we, we have HBO now, so we can uh, watch that and binge it over and over again if we want to. But, it's fantastic. Uh, that is a phenomenal show. We watched the season eight premiere, and I'm I don't know what to think next. Like what's going to happen next with all these characters with Game of Thrones, and who's going to end up on the Iron Throne, who's not. Um, you know, we'll, we'll I'll create a poll here in a second, um, and we'll see who you think is going to end up on the Iron Throne at the end of it. Uh, what your predictions are for who's going to live, who's going to die, that sort of thing. Um, I really hope uh, that John and that John ends up on the Iron Throne. I'm torn between John and Danny, uh, just because Danny's like her character development over the past seven seasons and now beginning of the eighth season has just been phenomenal, and I don't know what to expect or what to think. Um, I kind of feel like I'm betraying Danny a little bit because I want John to be on the Iron Throne, but just not Cersei. Please not Cersei. That's just, that's just me. 
Um, anyways, I'll stop talking about Game of Thrones, and uh, we'll we'll talk about Game of Thrones uh, maybe in the next episode. Some more, and maybe some thoughts and plans that I have about some Game of Thrones related um, geek culture type of stuff. So, anyways, we'll go from there. Um, moving on. Um, so, Channel Forty Nine News. There was an article. Um, that was uh, written, uh, published on April 12th of uh, 2019, and it's uh, it was found in Forbes, and the, the name of the article is, um, Our Home Office is Fueling a Mental Health Crisis. Now, this is something that, as I was reading, uh, it, was, it was very striking for me, in the sense that it was kind of hitting on some things that have been really um, affecting me, um, impacting me in a personal way. Uh, as you um, might have already known, I've I've done um, I, I have done I am doing whatever you want to call it. Uh, work with the state of Texas as a uh, I'm a contractor through a private group uh, based out of Rockwell, Texas, and um, part of that work has me driving all over Texas, um, mainly East Texas. Um, usually, I'm driving. Um, between an hour to two hours one way to get to each of these locations. And it is very lonely uh, doing all that driving and then getting to these places and not being able to truly do counseling. And when, when I say truly do counseling, I mean the, the traditional stereotypical talk therapy type of stuff that you kind of expect with a counselor. Uh I am a mental health professional, and that's that's a pretty uh, broad thing, and I can do a lot of different things. Uh, and, with, and with the Ludden Group, the the place that I've been working, it's it's been very beneficial in the sense that it's it's given me a lot of um, experience, a lot of development related to clinical skills, so interviewing, uh, diagnosing, uh, administering uh, psychological tests or assessments, whatever you want to call them. It's been, it's been wonderful. And, um, that's actually, that's one thing I forgot to mention. I'm going to stop myself right there. Um, I am no longer an LPC intern. I am a fully licensed professional counselor. I'm an LPC in the state of Texas and it is pretty awesome. So, um, very happy, very thankful to be done with my uh, my internship it was awesome but it's done and over with now i've i don't have the training wheels on anymore i'm able to go do my own thing and um, there we are so very exciting very exciting stuff so yes i'm an lpc i'm a licensed professional counselor now so um anyways my experience doing these things this contract work um driving all over the place and not being able to be a counselor has been pretty uh, lonely, pretty um, isolating at times, depressing at times, uh, stressful certainly. And that's definitely where the whole, you know, self-care bit has to come into play. And, uh, you know, that's where my whole geek culture stuff and podcasting and wood burning, uh, spending time with my my friends, with my, my cohort um, at Regent, very thankful for each and every one of them, especially my my wife and my daughter for bringing so much joy to my life. And um, uh, anyways, over the last, I don't know how long, for a while, I'll just say that, for a while, 
Um, I have been trying to figure out how can I work closer to home. I mean, I just did my taxes fairly recently for uh, 2018, and I drove um, over 40,000 miles in 2018. And I think of the 40,000, about 26, 27,000 were all business-related miles that I was doing for the group. And that's a lot of miles to be putting on a car in a year. I mean, most people don't even put 10,000 miles in a year. So the fact that I almost tripled that is, is pretty wild. Um, so a friend of mine um, helped me out and um, pointed out a couple different practices closer to where I live that are hiring. And anyways, I will be... Um, let me back up. He, he pointed out a couple of them to me and um, interviewed at uh, both these places, and um, one of them just um, would have been fairly similar to what I was doing in terms of um, not as much driving, but I'd still be doing driving probably 25 to 30% of the time, and that's still a lot of driving. Um, I'd be driving um, 115 miles one way, twice a week, and um, that's that's a lot. That's 460 miles a week. Um, just in commute to a, a far location that I just couldn't get on board with. It, w- it wouldn't have been good for my wife and I, for my family and I. So um, this other place, I took a real chance because it's not it was initially even really caring because of the nature of the work. It, my friend um, has a uh, is working at a place where it's a residential treatment center for adolescents with substance abuse issues. And when I found out that they treat it more like just counseling more than anything else, just talk therapy, and that's a dual diagnosis place, um, I started to like really think about it more, pray about it more, consider it more, and I was I was more and more okay with it. And I went to the interview, I did my homework on the place, um, and then about a week or so later, ten days later, I got a an offer, and it was it felt great. Um, for someone to want to hire you. And um, I was excited to, to join the team. I mean, it, it sits on, I think, like 30 or 40 acres, so I can literally walk through the woods and do therapy with these folks. So I'll be doing individual therapy, uh, group therapy, and family therapy with um, these young men and their families. So I'm very excited about that. And it's only a few minutes from my house. So I'm pretty excited about that. Very excited about that. So I'll be starting that here uh, fairly soon, and um, I can't wait to see what happens as a result. So um, stay tuned, and I'll be happy to tell you more um, as I start and you know get acclimated to this new position. So there we are. Um, now back to the article uh, with what I was saying that you know our home office is fueling a mental health health crisis. You know the work that I was I'm doing with the Ludden Group that I, I'm you know about to end with the Ludden Group. It's basically been home office type of stuff and um, you know like with with home offices and and being able to pretty much work wherever you want to like lay your head for the most part um, it gives you a certain degree of freedom but it also can cause some more um, issues so um, it's it can solve some crises um, in terms of like being able to house a number of employees or workers that you might have. But um, 
In this article, it states that when asked about the downside of location flexibility, 49% of remote workers note that their biggest struggle is wellness related. Uh, more specifically, 22% can't unplug after work, 19% feel lonely, and 8% can't stay motivated. Um, and, and it goes on to talk about um, the number of subjective influencers, such as management style of the bosses, local connection speed, um, things like that. Um, and then towards the end, it'll say, it says, any remote worker will tell you that replacing suits with slippers is a liberating transition. However, it seems as though the confining corporate cubicle that we are so anxious to escape may actually be boosting our behavioral health. Uh, Dr. Amy Service, uh, manager of clinical quality at Talkspace reports, remote workers often experience symptoms of anxiety and depression at a higher rate than people commuting into traditional office spaces. Specifically, they report feelings of isolation and loneliness and high rates of worry about job performance and stability. Insomnia and sleep disturbance are common, along with increased fatigue, irritation, sadness, and feelings of disconnection. Remote workers report a lack of concentration and focus that can compound and exacerbate these mental health challenges. It can lead to a loss of self-worth and questioning of one's abilities. Combined together, these symptoms can have a significant impact on job performance, job satisfaction, and the efficiency of productive work. Now that's not to say that if you if you have you know this job that you're doing um, you know where you're working from home or you're working from like you know an airplane or something like that you're flying all over the world being a globetrotter nothing wrong with that um, it, it's I think the piece that um, that they're really trying to get at is this connection with other human beings and that it's important for us to be connected with each other not isolated from one one another. Um, so, you know, if that means maybe, you know, having like a group work session, um, somewhere where you like, I don't know, just set up like a canopy and you work outside together once a week, that could be something, whether it's going to networking luncheons that, um, your local chamber of commerce might have, or, you know, being part of like a rotary or a lion's club or something like an optimist club, whatever it might be, um, that can be beneficial to your overall health, your mental health and your health uh, as a professional um, in terms of, you know, your de the depression, the anxiety, the loneliness, the things that were brought up in this article. And what I'll do is I'll copy um, the link and I'll, I'll put it in our Facebook group and um, I'll also blast it out on Twitter. So if anyone wants to take a closer look at it, you can do that. Now, um, with that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into this next piece um and today will probably be a shorter episode i think i say that now watch will go like three hours or something <laughs> but um uh this this uh part of reframed is going to be connected to my practicum experience that i've had this semester with a particular client now this client's name uh it's not gonna be their real name uh it'll be fred for the sake of this conversation and uh, it's really cool how, you know, this this whole show, it started because of something at Dallas Life so many years ago when I was in my master's program, and how it's come full circle right now with another, um, 
pop culture, you know, meaning making type of thing. And uh, we'll get into that in a second. So earlier I said that uh, both the news and the session both have this personal impact on me. Um, today we're going to be talking about Superman, um, the comic book character Superman. Um, you know, he's he's had comics, he's had movies, he's had TV shows. Various actors have portrayed him um, on screen, both in movies and television. And um, I can remember growing up that Superman was my uh, favorite uh, character. I mean, that was the one that I saw the most. Uh, my favorite comic book character. That was the one that I saw the most. And never really knew much about Marvel. It seems like kind of funny that I've kind of switched. And um, I'm now part of the Marvel camp and not much on the DC camp. Please don't shoot me for that. Um, <laughs> but um, I used to, to love watching all the old um, uh, cartoons from, I think, like the probably the 40s and, you know, whenever they were. Like black and I, I used to watch black and white Superman cartoons, um, some of the, I don't even know when they were, I wish I knew when they were, but they were, the even the S on his chest didn't even look look the same as it does now, it was like a, like a black shield with the S, and it was just really cool, I really liked those old cartoons, and really enjoyed and loved the Christopher Reeve uh, Superman movies. Um, I think to this day... My favorite Superman has to be Dean Cain from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. When that came out in the 90s, I used to watch that religiously with my mom. Uh, or she watched it with me, one of the two. <laughs> and I just, I loved that show. And Dean Cain is, um, for me, the ultimate Superman. Um, and then right after that, it's it's Christopher Reeve. And um, anyways, I've loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Great. Now... Um, that's not the personal part for me. Um, it's the fact that um, that this this stuff um, hits kind of close to home for me because of um, alcoholism in my uh, family history. I, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink alcohol. Um, I've had some in the past, and I don't like it. It's nasty. It, it, I just think it's nasty. And if you drink alcohol, please drink, drink responsibly. Um, but I don't like alcohol at all. Um, but alcoholism is something that is in, uh, my family's, um, history on my, my mother's side. And, um, it's something that I take very seriously. And, um, if you ask me and I say, no, just be respectful of it just as I'll be respectful of you. Um, but um, if you're, like I said, if you're going to drink alcohol, please, 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 please drink alcohol responsibly. Now, uh, when I first started meeting with Fred, uh, Fred um, was um, had been in the program at Dallas Life for about a month, maybe two months, thereabouts. And... He he had a whole slew of complicated um, health issues that he was trying to deal with. And 
he was telling me that there was this um, issue with alcohol that he was having, as well as, um, I believe he also said cocaine. And whenever I'm with a client, and, and to any counselors or counsel educators or counseling current counseling students that are listening to this, um, I would urge you to, you know, apart from the building of the rapport and the therapeutic alliance that we're supposed to be doing um, effectively with our clients, um, I would encourage you to try and find ways that you can connect with them to create more meaning with them. And that goes back to, to what originally happened a long, long time ago with um, that client of mine also at Dallas Life where he was the comic book person, liked to draw things. And the one time that we had a breakthrough, the major breakthrough for him was whenever we started talking about Lord of the Rings and how he described himself as Frodo and uh, myself as Sam and how he didn't feel like he could carry it anymore. I told him, I can't carry it, but I can carry you. Much the same way that you know, Sam said, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. Um, whenever Frodo's freaking exhausted there, um, on the cliffside of Mount Doom. So if you can create meaning with your clients, then, then do your best to do it. Um, I mean, not every, not every client's going to understand a pop culture reference. I understand that. And I'm assuming the people listening to this know that as well. But if it's not that, if it's like, you know, understanding the process of fishing or it's understanding the process of, you know, learning to ride a bike or, something, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm pulling stuff out of nowhere right now. Um, that can be a way that we can connect with the people that we're trying to help in the therapy room. Now, this person, uh, I found out that, you know, with their alcohol use and their cocaine use, that um, they hated it, that it, it was like this weakness for them. And um, in the, the meantime, they were telling me that, you know, one of their favorite um, cartoon characters, is what they said, their favorite cartoon characters was uh, Superman. And I just, I grabbed onto that and I hung onto that for, for a little while while we were in session. And I started asking, I was like, hey, Fred, you know, like, um, you know, on, on Krypton, it's my understanding on Krypton that, you know, the, the kryptonite, the, the gem, the crystal, whatever you want to call it, it's not harmful to them. I mean, because it's, that's, I mean, that, that's there. I mean, it's not that, it's not harmful because they're in a different area. They're in a different context. They're in a different whatever. So it's not going to harm them um, so much in the same way that it would if they were, if it were on Earth, for example. Now, I mean, you know, Superman, his real name is Kal-El, and, you know, the planet explodes, but his parents get him on a spaceship, and, you know, he, you know, zooms off to Earth, where he's raised by um, Martha and uh, Jonathan Kent, I believe is their name. And, uh, you know, later on in life, the the Krypton, the Krypton, I'm sorry, the Kryptonite um, proves to be very deadly in poisonous, um, very harmful to uh, Clark, his his alter ego, uh, Superman, Kal-El, 
um, that it becomes very dangerous and harmful to him. And I was, and as I was explaining that to my, to uh, my client Fred, he's like, I kind of see where you're going with this. I'm like, okay, where am I going with this? He's like, well, I mean, it, it's harmful. It's harmful to me. I'm like, yeah, but what else? And he kind of just like stay there. I'm like, you know, like at one point in your life, this thing. So we'll we'll call your your cocaine use. It, it, it wasn't something that you were really con considering or really thinking about. Like, yes, it was harmful, but it wasn't, you didn't really consider it to be um, bad, so to speak. It was just something that you're used to, something that you're around. Um, but now that you're in a different setting, you're in a different space and time of your life, it's really messing with you. And this is like very harmful to you. And it can cause some very significant problems for you with your um, cocaine use, but also your your use of alcohol and combining them together. And I was like, you know, and how do you, how, I mean, Superman, like he, he just has to go and bask under a yellow sun. So we have a yellow sun here on earth. So he just has to like go hang out and let the rays of the sun recharge him and re-energize him. And he has to get away from it. He has to, he ha and he just has to get better by being around the light. He has to be better by getting under the sun. And I was like, Fred, you know, it seems like you have this, this big old brick of kryptonite. And I was thinking of the 1970s or 80s Superman where um, uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman has this big old necklace of kryptonite um, like with a big old gold chain around his neck and he's pushed into the pool and he's going to drown. Um, that was literally the type of kryptonite I was looking at. So if you've never seen that version, so the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve, check it out. Um, I was like, but Fred, it seems like you have this big chain, this big brick chain of kryptonite around your head, around your neck, and you're having trouble getting it off. So how can we get this off, and how and what is the sun that we need to get you under? And it was really cool to see him really start to think to start to process these feelings that he's had about his addiction and how he knows and is coming to the realization that he knows that things need to change and that not only is this cocaine and this alcohol a, a form of kryptonite for him, but he started to think, who these Lex Luthers are in his life as he, you know, thinks of himself as, you know, Clark Kent and Superman, like these alter egos that he has and how he um, is able to start identifying these triggers for what makes him go back to um, these substances that are very harmful for him that he didn't think much of before again back when he was on krypton back when my client was back on krypton versus now whenever he's here on earth so to speak just if you can follow that that little image that little story with me for a second 
So I guess the thing to think of is, you know, whether it's it's substance um, or not, what stuff do you have in your life that's holding you down? Is it a past trauma, a past hurt? Is it something that has to do with um, either a strained, a distant, or a failed relationship? Is there someone that is feeding this? Is there someone that is the dealer that has the kryptonite, whatever that kryptonite is for you, that's putting it in your pocket or that's putting it around your neck and it's draining you. Whatever that is, I would encourage you to find the strength within you to take that necklace off, to remove that kryptonite, and to bask in the sun that life-giving stuff of yours, whatever's life-giving for you, whether that's being surrounded by people that you go to church with, whether that's people that share similar interests with you that are life-giving, not life-taking, whether that's acting, singing, running, exercising, wood burning, whatever it might be, what is life giving for you? I want you to think about that. And I want you to pursue that. It doesn't have to be a daily thing. If you can do it once a week, a couple times a week, go for it. But you need to be taking care of yourself and getting rid of those things. It's not an overnight process. You know, most of these things related to substance abuse and chemical dependency, it's related to a past trauma, past hurt. And it's it's not an overnight thing. Just like the trauma and the abuse, the dependency, just like that wasn't an overnight thing, this isn't either. But you can start today to fix that, to remedy that, and to make, you know, this next year, a better year than last year. So what can you do now to make that a reality? And the reason that that I go through all this is that, you know, between the loneliness and um, the things that I, I talked about, both with the, the place that I was working and then the article, you know, it, I think it's great that this information of this article and then this portion of Reframed is directly connected with what I'm going to be doing. I'm going from being in a very lonely, isolated place to going to a place where I get to work with teenagers. I love working with teenagers and adolescents. Um, and I get to help them talk about and overcome like this trauma, these past hurts that they've had. So, you know, don't ever give up on yourself. If no one believes in you, I want you to know that I believe in you, that I love you, and that you are worthy and that you are capable of doing all things that you set your mind to. So I love you. I believe in you. You can do this.
you got this. If you don't have a counselor um, and you feel like you need one, you know, don't wait another day. Go find one. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you know, you can look me up and we can we can talk and see if it'd be a good fit. But just know that you are lovable, you're capable, and your past does not define you. So that's it for today. I know that that kind of ended on a very heavy and somber note, but I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about what this next chapter of my professional career is going to look like. I'm almost done with my first year of, um, of school at Regent University. So very excited about that. I've got some great people in my corner, um, both with um, my co- mainly my cohort. <laughs> my cohort's awesome, but my, uh, my, my professors are amazing too. So I'm uh, very thankful for Dr. Williams, who's been a rock. Uh, for our program. So thank you, Dr. Williams, if you ever listen to this, either presently or way down in the future. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Um, other than that, uh, that's it, y'all. So um, we'll get the next episode out here in the next uh, couple weeks and, uh, you know, go from there. So if you have suggestions for shows, make sure that you send me an email, a tweet, comment on the page of you know, some either some pop culture type stuff, some media stuff that you'd like to hear covered, maybe some ideas of like the topic that it would relate to. And um, in fact, if you want to help uh, co-host an episode, we have a way of doing that. Um, I have a way of doing that. I'd be happy to, to uh, make it happen. So um, that's all I got, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ReframePod. If you want to send an email, um, a suggestion, a comment, whatever it might be, make sure you send it to uh, reframepod at gmail.com. And as always, take care and stay dapper. Bye-bye.